and welcome to episode 115, a dozen W's, um, 12 for those of you who don't know what a dozen is. Um, <laughs> today we are joined by, well you have myself, Mike, as always, we have Oscar, hashtag Roger Ball, and we have Bill, Kenny's joining us, he's trying to inhale his food before he comes on. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we doing on this fine Wednesday evening after a brilliant comeback victory in Turin? Amazing. I couldn't feel happier, man. Today, I think I, I scared all my office. I didn't break anything, but man, <laughs> it's been a great day. It was close. It was close. Everyone yeah. around you were probably like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Oh, man. <laughs> and I had my uh, headphones on, so I'm like, uh, like as soon as Becky gets scored, I'm like, ah! And they're like, what the fuck is happening there? Then nothing else is happening. I'm just screaming. <laughs> uh, we have a lot to cover today. A, a magnificent performance, an even better result. Um, we'll talk about the Mefica victory in Turin. Uh, we had Jean Fernandes, who was part of our Cantina Benfiquista, was present, sending all sorts of videos. So hopefully you guys check that out. Um, and before I go any further, Kenny, welcome back. How are you? Good, good, good. Just got back from Turin, you know, a little, <laughs> late, so. a little trip, a little trip. Delayed. It was delayed. How was dinner? Back. Dinner good? good. Was dinner good? Good. 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 good, good. Had some pasta. <laughs> um yeah so we'll talk about the event this game a lot of talking points on this game um those of you who are watching tuning in please send us your questions your thoughts your feedback this is going to be a hopefully a really interactive one because i mean truth be told this is the first time that we won um against juventus since 68 Ozebu scored but not many teams win in italy portuguese teams oscar i believe you said 96 yep. porto won against ac milan um, a very strong AC Milan team in 96. Porto tied last year. I thought they had won, but they tied against Lazio uh, last year away. We beat Juve a few years ago in the Europa League at home, but we drew 0-0 away. So um, although Benfica has a, a decent record against Juventus uh, in their history, but again, winning on Italian soil is not something that comes often. Um, so so great win. We'll talk at the end. Um about the family count game, but more so I want to talk about the situation that occurred at the game with the child um, who was watching the game shirtless uh, at the game because he wasn't sitting with the Mefica fans and, and really just kind of have a conversation about what that would look like here in the States, right? And all of us being located in the States and obviously the dynamic is very different overseas, but just kind of get some opinions on that. Para a malta que nos esteja a ver em português, uh, hoje temos o nosso podcast em inglês. Um, geralmente o podcast em português é à quarta-feira, às 21 horas. Hoje, por causa do jogo, não houve podcast em português. Uh, estamos a ver se conseguimos fazer o podcast amanhã, uh, a partir das 20h30, uh, mas ainda não está confirmado. Mas estejam à vontade de participar aqui nesta nossa conversa. Deixem os vossos comentários, as vossas opiniões na caixa de comentários. Nós todos percebemos português, iremos abordar os vossos comentários, por isso estejam à vontade, participem na conversa e vamos falar aqui do nosso Benfica, que já vai em 12 vitórias seguidas, contando com os jogos de pré-época, 17 jogos, todos os jogos que o Benfica jogou esta época, ganhou-os todos, o que é, um, é uma marca interessante, uma marca que não acontece muitas vezes, mas vamos saborear este momento, porque já lá vão três anos em que nós não ganhamos nada <risos> e, e a malta tem que sorrir agora, por isso vamos, vamos aproveitar este momento. Um, quickly in the chat here, we have Cristiano 
cortesão, Força Benfica avança por nós, boa noite Cristiano, ou bom dia, dependendo de onde é que estejas, boa noite ao Tiago, uh, 12 in a row, yes, Carlos que está uh, no Reino Unido, um, um abraço para ti, já é tarde ou cedo, dependendo, uh, como é que olhas para o horário, uh, Lourdes, um abraço para ti, Zulmira, uh, SLB, yes, as Benfica's 4-1-1 against Juve, does that, or now 5-1-1, yes, Five. I was just going to say, does that count? Um, so, uh, SLB, yes, thanks for joining us, and John de Cruz, um, good evening, good afternoon, e Telmo, hoje participas no nosso cantinho inglês, normalmente é no português, mas um abraço, e esteja à vontade de, de participar e dar aí os, os teus comentários. Sim, 12 em 12, e agora que venha ao Marítimo, em casa. Today, Juventus 1, Benfica 2. Um, looking at the lineup here. Uh, again, very much the same. Uh, Alexander Bach comes in for Gilberto. I know that there was a little bit of concern there, or um, maybe not concern, but more so feeling like, you know, Gilberto maybe deserved to get that start. We'll talk about that. A game that we basically walked in trailing. Uh, early goal, fourth minute for, for Juventus. Uh, Milik with a header. Some questionable marking in the box on that set piece. Uh, Benfica comes in struggling. First 15, 18 minutes. You know, we struggled to really get a hold of the game. But Juventus, credit to them, they came out flying. They were pressing high. They were moving the ball. They were getting into every tackle. And Benfica just looked you know, second best for those first 18 minutes. Like th there was just no way out of it. They looked completely shocked, but credit to them. I mean, this team or Benfica of the last two years would have crumbled going down that early with that pressure. They just would have fallen apart and they just kept grinding, kept grinding, kept grinding, kept grinding. And for me, in my opinion, 20 minutes in, Befica finally got a hold of that game and settled down and just took over. And for, I would say, from the 20th minute till about the 70th, Befica was by far the better team. And then tired legs, complacency, lack of experience, right? You name it what you want, right? Juventus started to get into the game, um, but we saw it out. But I'm going to start with, Kenny, I'm going to start with you. What, what do you, how do you sum up this game? I mean, you summed it up <laughs> pretty well there. But, um, no, I agree with you. I think for a majority of that game, um, I saw Benfica play probably the best football of the year. Um, they completely took over the game, like you said, about 20 minutes in after, you know, being down one nothing, They didn't let that get to them. Um, and they took hold. I mean, there were so many gaps. I also think Juventus kind of – They didn't have the legs. They looked tired. I mean, we were we were just threading balls into open spaces, huge gaps between the back line, their back line, <clears throat> and their midfield. And, um, yeah, I think we, we completely broke their defense. Uh, you know, they, they just didn't look good at all. I think we didn't – I mean, this could have easily been like a four-goal, four-to-one game, or maybe four-to-two because they did – I mean, we got away with um, – Uh, an incredible miss by I forget who it was, but right at the end of the game there. Um, oh, the defender Juventus, was uh, Bremer. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we didn't score. We, we didn't score more because we didn't want to. Because I think we had easy, easy opportunities to score. Um, yeah, we were unlucky. We hit the post a couple of times, but there were there were some crazy chances that we just we just kind of gave up on the play. Um, I mean, right at the end of the game, 
Uh, I don't know what happened between, uh, I think it was Rafa and Musa. Yeah, Musa. Like, I, 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 I don't know. But at the end of the day, I thought it was some of the best soccer we've played um, against, a, you know, a big name. I don't know if they're as good as they're, they're used, you know, they used to be, but um, a big opponent at, you know, away, you know, a tough, tough arena to play in. And uh, we pulled off, you know, something probably a lot of us didn't think besides Bill. I know Bill guessed uh, a victory, um, nope. but I mean, <laughs> I guess the tie at best. I Oscar, we... Oscar guessed the tie and then wanted to change it to 3-0. You've <laughs> 20 minutes in. <laughs> 24 minutes in. He was it's like, it's be 3-0. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's a great win, man. I think, I mean, we haven't, I haven't, you know, we've done this now for three years and uh, this is our third year, and uh, yeah. we haven't had a lot of days like today. I feel like um, so this was this was a big one. I mean, we've 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 beaten opponents, but I don't think we've looked like we beat uh, Ajax. Yeah, Ajax, right? But like, we, I don't think we looked as good no, as we did for not a chance. Like you said, <laughs> you know, sixty minutes of the game. So yeah, yeah. Um, you you said this is the best we've looked this year. I'll say this is the best we've looked in three years. Like yeah. that, like. From the like Mike said, from the twenty minute mark until the seventieth or eightieth minute, I I can't remember a performance in the last three years that is comparable. Like you said, we've beaten like we beat Barca, we beat Ajax, PSV, but those were all like counterattacking, clinical kind of Efficient. take advantage of our chances. Right. right. This was just like Dominate. we dominated possession, we created chances, we probably could have had two more goals, at least two more goals. I I it's hard for me to think of another performance in the last three years that even comes close to this, regardless, yeah, regardless of the opponent, like it's just the performance. And Shiku says, right. He makes up a good point, right? We also beat Barcelona, but I would say Shiku that like Bill said, right? Like we beat Barcelona at home last year, but we could have very well lost that game, right? Barcelona had a couple of chances right after we scored. It wasn't a dominant performance. Like Bill said, I think it was just more of, we, we read the game well. We took advantage of it. We were efficient. We took our opportunities. But I think overall, I mean, look at the stats. This is overall game stats, right? We had 19 shots to 11, seven on target against three. We had 11 corners against four, 55% possession against 45. Like how often does any team go to Juventus Stadium, a, a club like Juventus, let alone a Portuguese team, right, given the difficulty that we have in Italy, right? I think the numbers speak for themselves. And again, like they could have scored another goal or two. We could have scored two, maybe three more goals as well. Um, but the performance, I think, it definitely stands out. Um, Kenny, before I pass it over to these guys, yeah, I want you to jump on Talmud's question here. Can Benfica hold Enzo? <laughs> I hope they can at least hold him through the winter. Because <laughs> um, at this, I mean, at this rate, I really do see someone scooping him up. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's, I think it's going to be impossible. I think, you know, we hold him on for the year, but after, after that, there is no chance he's not going to go play in England somewhere. I said it during the game. I think at the end of the year, we lose both our midfielders, Tino and Enzo are gone. The way these two players have looked. And, and, I, I hold on. We got, we got, we got a alerta. Continue by Fiquista. Jean Pereira says, <laughs> first of all, Oscar Barroso, I'm sorry I missed that job, but it was great being with you in Montalegre. Love you, man. Look at this. I mean, you're not the only one. Kenny, bringing Kenny people together. Kenny missed it. Too. Yeah, but I, I he blacked was, out. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't on my deathbed. 
I mean, but, uh, but if you get big win, John Pedrera stays up after 1030. You know, I like it. <laughs> he's practicing. John Pedrera, he's my man. I, lo- I love that guy. He's practicing foosball. Oscar. Kenny, go ahead. Finish before. We no, I was just going to say, and, and someone probably can take the, the, you know, take the lead after this, but um, not only like th- this game, like a lot of players stood out to me. Like it's, I think it's very hard to pick a man of the match because individually there were so many players that played well. But then as a unit, I mean, we saw some tiki-taka type stuff that, you know, I can't believe we couldn't score some of these goals um, in, in the area that, that we had, you know, chances for. But that's why I felt it was like a complete game. I know the score looks like it was tight, but I, I never felt like that game was tight at all. Um, but, yeah, individual play from a lot of the stars on the team finally. And, uh, and then just as a unit, I mean, if we can play like this moving forward – going to be tough to uh to beat us oscar i'm going to pass it to you and you can feel free to to jump on the enzo conversation as well but slbs says it didn't look pretty these for the first minutes but they picked themselves up and could see their confidence grow with every passing minute and my question around here is going to be right the confidence aspect right and naturally winning brings confidence right like whether you win ugly whether you win great it brings confidence right and especially the fact that we've won 12 straight official games, we've won seven, like they've not tasted anything but a victory under Roger Schmidt, right? Very unlikely scenario. Like that's just the reality of it, especially at this level to win 17 straight is, is ridiculous. Right. And do you think, what would you attribute this confidence, whatever you want to call it to? Is it a mix of the players? Is it a mix of, the Diracel and the coaching staff? Is it primarily the coaching staff? Like what, what, if you had to put your finger on, like what would you associate it to? I, so I don't want to admit this because I <laughs> was one not to want a coach coming from outside of the country. That's true. Right? I forgot about that. So, so, but with different ideas that Roger brought to the team, brought them with, he gave them confidence. And, and I have three little stars here that I, that sums up what I think about this team. They don't seem to fold like we used to. We're used to seeing when that when we go down, forget it, everything goes, just goes downhill. They don't seem to to fold. Uh, they keep their their identity, which is is one thing that I, like you know ends with at the end of the game goes. We just kept kept playing our ball, and then the, the result came on its own, which is exactly what I've been wanting from this team: is keep keep, keep your identity. Don't don't go and fall into Juventus type of play, and then you lose basically what Vic is all about. They're good with, with pressure, a young squad with a lot of personality. Like that's that's to me sums up what Benfica is this year. Um, I'm afraid that we've had this in the past with Bruno Lodge with the young squad winning, 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 and then they lost one game and you saw what happened after they lost, right? But I feel like with this is what three games this season right now that we are losing and we turned the game around and we won, right? So it shows the personality these guys have. I think it, it has a lot to do with the coaching staff has a lot to do with the mix of players that we have in the team. Today, I saw one play where Enzo started doing tiki-taka, like Kenny said. He, like he, he chipped the goal, a player in the midfield. Yeah, a couple he, times, and he lost the ball he twice. He lost the ball, and Otamendi went at him. Otamendi fucking let him know. Like, don't fuck around like this. And to me, that mean, that, that, that gives that, that shows what this team is about. You, have, you don't have the, the – the, you have a, a, a captain there that will tell you to stop doing that shit if you're messing up. doesn't matter if the kid is playing unbelievable – but dude, play the ball. Don't you almost a counterattack almost happened because you lost the ball in the midfield right there. So you'd say, so would you say accountability above all, right? There's accountability of uh, right, like 
whether you're you're a veteran, whether you're a kid, like you're out here to do a job. And 100%. if you don't do the job, you're going to be held accountable. But now I'm going to ask you this question, right? Which you made a comment here is Otamendi, right? We have a captain there. And if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. But I believe you were one of the ones that was against also Otamendi being coming captain so early on. So early, yes. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I don't mind Otamendi coming in, and I don't mind Otamendi staying have after being there for a while. Meaning a while, meaning like at least at least more than than ten yeah. games in the season. Yep. To me, what I and I said I don't mind him being a captain. He's a captain quality player. But yep. when it came in from from uh, outside without knowing our our like basically our our team chemistry, I not f being familiar with the players in the squad and becoming captain right away, I wasn't okay with that. I said, give him some more time, get adapted to the players, and then if he deserves it, he deserves it. How does he know he deserves it coming in from a team that he's, he's never played for Benfica before? You know what I mean? Like, yep. to me, that was the only thing with Otamendi. But now he's proven it. He's yep. absolutely our number one captain. There's no no ends and ifs. How would, you, how would you sum up the game overall? I mean, like I said at the beginning, and you, you called me out on it, um, the first goal happens in the fourth minutes in, right? And then <laughs> I I'm like, out on shit. It. I'm like, damn it. Like, it's going to be, I made so much fun of Porto yesterday. And now I'm going to get fucking, this is, it's going to come back to me. Right. It's, uh, that's what my mind is thinking because I even called my girlfriend's dad and I, and I texted him. I'm like, oh. Hey, no, sh no shorts. Oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, he was trying to change his phone number in the fourth. Oh, dude. <laughs> all I know, all I know is that I, today I'm like, shit. And then I, right away, as soon as you went to score, I, you know, Rob Claro is a Porto fan. Yeah. I get oh, the he finally eyes. woke up. I get that those those corner eyes because I gave him four yesterday. All right, <laughs> so today I got the corner eyes. I'm like shit. Yeah, but it's, it it's Oscar. It's funny how the phones like stop working. They like yeah. something happens. Cell service finally picked it, up. Yeah, the, something yeah. happens where the phones just stop working all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, but dude, it was, it's it's it was awesome. And then we came back. And then I mean, we, we were playing after we got back into the game, and we we kept to identity, like which is which a big thing for me. We didn't fold. And and we stopped, but if he got back into the rhythm, I mean, I, I thought it was a matter of time. I, the PK was stupid PK, but but to me, obviously, there's no no question about this PK. Yeah. Um, obviously, the guy didn't mean to do step on him, but Ramos just got there faster. Um, it was no no danger. Those balls going away from outside of the box, but yeah. it's a PK, and that got, got us back into the game. And then all of a sudden, then after that, it was just history. I, I yeah. mean, you guys all commented on and exactly how we played, and I agree, totally agree. Bill, what do you add to that? And then there was a – who was it that said it in here? Hold on. Oh, Telmo. The difference from this season to the previous ones is Florentino. Love this guy. He's amazing. I know that we've talked on and off about him. We've had a lot of conversation about him in the off season, last season. He's come. He's gone. He's gone on loan. He's not played. Right? Is his head where it needs to be? Is he, you know, committed to the squad? Is he one of those players that's just chasing money and then just wants to ride it out? Truth is, is that he comes back under a new manager, under a new coaching staff, gets another opportunity, and he has absolutely crushed it. Um, so anything that you add to that game in terms of what Kenny and Oscar said, um, and and do you agree with, with Telmo here in terms of, he may not be the difference, but he is one of the differences. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think Kenny and Oscar touched on most of uh, of this game. But I, I do want to touch on, like, Roger sticking to his game plan and not, like, changing up the formation to kind of pack the midfield because um, Juve plays with five in the midfield. And to begin that game, I even made a comment. We were, yep. it, like, we were outnumbered. You could tell. 
mm-hmm. that they had five in the midfield because like we could not get any kind of hold in the game at all. And he stuck with it. He stuck with the formation. I mean, how many times did we see? I'm going to bring him up, and Oscar's going to fucking grin. But JJ switch between the three in the back, the four in the back, to two midfielders, the three midfield. Like he was constantly switching and kind of adapting what we were going to do to the team we're playing. David Luiz Rod- to the left side, remember? Yeah. Whereas Rogers, like, no, this is how we fucking play. It doesn't matter who we're playing. This is our philosophy. This is our system. This is our style, and we're going to ride it out. If it fails, it fails us. But this is our Dying, this is our identity. Right. Cast. I mean, but I but I like that. Like, it you get the team and you build that formation, and they you get a comfort with the dynamic and how you're supposed to play and kind of your routines. When you start fucking throwing formations out left and right and changing things to 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 your opponent, can cause all sorts of fucking havoc. And true. And I think sticking to it and what's it's been working so, thus far. So there's no reason to fucking change anything. So I have a question that, for you. Uh, that. I, 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 before, I, before I you say anything, um, you know how I think SLB just said it right now. You know when Vigo came in, it kind of changed Benfica to the worst. Isn't it kind of like weird that he was our best player last year and now him leaving kind of changed Benfica to the best? Is maybe because, just maybe just the theory that. I think there, it's but... another another conspiracy because I know people yeah, say yeah. like, oh, Weigel took Florentino out of the lineup. And that's not true, because if you go back and look, Tino was already not playing for oh, a month, no. yeah. a month yeah, yeah, and yeah. a half before Weigel actually ended up coming. So um, but it's a it's an interesting coincidence. Right. Like, But again, like com- two different types of players. Right. Yeah, like Tino different. can play that high press. He, he sometimes plays higher up the field than Enzo does. So Enzo can can coordinate from the back. Um, right. He's able to go and and have a quicker reaction to the loss of possession, right? Where Weigel was secure with the ball. He was better with his feet than, than Florentino is. He could pick a better pass than Florentino is. He had more discipline with the ball, right? But for a team that wants to play Gangnam style or whatever the hell they call it, the Germans call it, <laughs> Gangnam Press or whatever the hell it's called, um, right? Weigel's just not that type of player, unfortunately, right? Doesn't mean that Weigel's not a world-class player, right? But if he doesn't fit, he doesn't fit. Kenny, what are you going to say? No, I was I was kind of kind of leading to that. It's like we're able to play the soccer we want to play because we finally have a midfield to play the style we want to play. We let's let's not let's not kid ourselves. The, in the previous years, our midfield was shambles. Weigel was right. the only real centerpiece there. There was yeah. no Enzo. Enzo, like he literally makes the biggest difference. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's why we're able to play the style that we want to play. We don't need to adjust to other teams. Whereas when you don't have a, a strong midfield, yeah, you have to play with the tactics or else you, you, have, you haven't had an Enzo li- since Enzo. Enzo. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't think, I don't think Dinu is that successful without Enzo. No, I know. Yeah, I agree. So, they complement each other very well. Very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what what one has, the other doesn't, right? Like Enzo has the vision, has the motor, has the ability to pick a pass. Florentino has a motor, but he doesn't have a pass, right? So it's like, I'm going to get... It, it reminds me a lot of, like, Fasia. Fasia wasn't good with the ball, right? So it's like, I'm just going to go and fuck people up. I'm going to get the ball back, and I'm going to give it to you. And then you do whatever you need to do with it. Yeah. I don't want it. I'm just going to take it away from them, right? So, um, I, yeah, they, I think they complement each other well. I, and I'm, I want to go back to what Bill said, right, which was... Um, not sure about that, Mike. Tino has been really, really good with the ball. Even it, yes, he definitely has been better. 
Um, but he hasn't been known for being good with his feet. But I can agree that as the season has gone on, he has gained more confidence. He has picked passes in tighter spaces. But if you go back to maybe like the second or third game, I can't remember who it was against, where he he held on to it a little bit too long, made a couple of sloppy passes, right? But again, with confidence or with wins comes confidence, right? And when you have the teams playing well, all the guys around you are playing well, right? You're going to take that extra risk, right? You're going to make that extra pass because, you know, if I fuck that up, the team around me is going to help me get it back, right? You don't have situations where it's like the only guy trying to take those risky passes is Tarat and nine out of 10 times he fucks it up, right? And the team around him is not playing well, right? So it just goes down the drain, right? So I agree with with Joao in, in terms that he has been better, but that's not what he's been known for. But you know, you know, you know, Tino, Tino was a starter when Rune Lodge was there, and he was Correct. like everybody was saying, all the fans were saying it's Tino plus ten, you know, plus ten. Correct. At, at that time, so like Correct. I hope he just continues this trend and doesn't lose it because there's there's history there where he has been playing really well off. and he fell off. Yeah, it's crazy. It's cr- and I said in our text in our text group, it's crazy to me that this is the same kid that has been loaned out for the last and not, two and years. Play. Never played at any of any of the spots he went to. Comes back regularly, and right, yeah. and now he's an undisputed, like easily one of the first people on team sheet. Like you don't even question it. Right? Yeah, like, it blows my mind. Bill, uh, and uh, and if you know, Mike, I don't know if you can pull these stats, but but after the the game, the I don't know if it was whatever channel I was watching it on, um, it showed like the people that ran the most, and Florentino was up there. I think it was number oh, two. I, I believe Fika. it. Yeah. And for a defensive midfield, man, that's impressive. Like him running, like you don't see that from Weigel. Like that. Press, press, we press so press, high. Press so high. For me, what's more impressive about it is the fact that we had more possession throughout the game. Yeah. Right. So you would think if we had less possession, you're just chasing the ball. Right. Like the running, fact right. that the fact that we had 55% possession of the ball and he was one of the ones that covered the most ground, I think speaks volumes of what this team's doing on the field. Yeah. Um, Bill, before I go back to what you had said, I just want to run through some of these questions here. Uh, or comments, um, just so I make sure that we remember the people in our, our viewers list here. Pedro Pereira says, e legendas para quando? Oh, Pedro, podes fazer aí comentários em português se quiseres. Todos nós percebemos português, por isso uh, estás à vontade de participar aqui na, nesta nossa conversa. Peço desculpa se não entenderes bem uh, o inglês, <laughs> mas nós vamos tentando misturando aqui algum português e inglês para, para ver se a malta consegue acompanhar a conversa. Um, António Silva dos Estados Unidos, um abraço para ti um, diz lá onde é que estás nos acompanhar nos Estados Unidos, nós também temos uh, em Massachusetts e o Oscar está na Flórida Jason says Enzo and Tino are studs Joaninha, welcome back um, definitely had personality and some good plays I can't remember who she was talking to SLBS we already touched on um uh, oh, João says, loving the conversation, but I really need to get some sleep. See you guys. Carrega Benfica. Bye, Dormi, João. Bill, what I wanted to talk to you about was, or I'm going to open this up to you guys, right? Is, is you talked about, right? Let's not adjust our play to our opponent, right? Let's make them adjust to us, right? Let's feel confident enough that we have enough um, advantages and weapons that, you know what? We're not going to be the little minnow anymore, right? If you want to play against us, let's go head to head, right? We're not going to pack it in. We're not going to sit deep. We're not going to re- reinvent the wheel. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to turn this on you and say, do you guys think that he sticks to his guns against PSG, or do you think, given the nature of the opponent and the quality on the other side of the fence, 
you're almost forced in some ways to make an adjustment? Or do you think that he sticks to his guns and, and runs out with the same formation and the same style that we've been playing and says, fuck it, right? We have no reason to change it. We have nothing to lose. And against an opponent that everyone expects us to lose against, let's fucking go for it. What do you guys think happens here? The, the only the only thing that I think might happen, I mean, I don't think it puts anybody from the from the bench instead of these guys. I mean, the top our top guys, our guys are fast and can recover, right? They can come back and help defend. We saw we saw Rafa and Ed is defending like I never seen before today, right? We Ramos is a guy that's by nature a guy that runs around and helps at the midfield to to also defend. So I think who do we have in the bench that can do better than that? I don't think we have anybody that can help defend more than these guys. So I think he goes with this plan. I mean, today I I, I actually wrote a note. The guys that Juve has in the back, they're all average in the 30 age, like in the 30, 30, you know, 35, 31, 29, 34, 28, but it's 28 in the midfield. And our forwards are like in the, you know, Gonzalo Ramos, we had Enzo, we have Florentino in the midfield, and these guys gave it to them. So like, I, I believe enough in these guys to play against. Um, obviously, we're not expected to win against PSG, but I think at home we have to go with our identity. I think we have to go with our personality into this game and see who, what what happens. I don't think we have anybody on the bench that can come in and be like, "Hey, because of this game, let's put who can we put in to help this team defend better." I don't think we have anybody. Kenny, Bill, you agree? I mean, I, the only thing, and I saw a few like not rumors, but like the newspapers were talking about bringing in. Um, I don't even fucking know how to pronounce his last name. Yeah, yeah, the Norwegian, and, and bring him into the midfield and add another uh, guy into but the who midfield. Who do you take so out? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Out? You would have you would have to lose like a. You'd probably take out Joe Mario because Nettis gives you yeah. the one to one, right? But no, Joe Mario's been our best player. He's been exactly. our best exactly. in exactly. Yeah, and he's been. Right. Have you seen him defending too? Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, I he's agree. been he's been so good this beginning of the season. Incredible. Yeah, no, I agree. You can't, you can't I, put him on the bench. And I think, I think you, he sticks to his guns and sticks to his formation and his style uh, against PSG. Like Oscar said, it's one of those games where we have nothing to lose, right? If we get the result, if we somehow pull off a result, a tie or a win, it, like that's golden for us. We're expected, there you go. expected to jinx and Joe Mario. There you go. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> we're, expect, we're expected to, we're expected to lose because we're the underdog, considering the amount of money that PSG has and that squad depth they have. Um, so I think he sticks with his guns and, and rides it out. Can yeah, you agree? I, I think we'll, we'll stick to the same formation. I don't know if we'll be pressing as much. Um, I think naturally, uh, game, it's all going to depend on game flow, but I think we'll pack it in a little bit. The, the only one maybe is Gilberto Ferba to help back the de- defense. Maybe. Potentially, yeah. If, if if he wants to go the route of packing it in, right? But I I, I like Baduri. He creates. I mean, it causes balls down that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. if if you want to play the attack style, I think you have to play Ba. I liked him today. I, I liked yeah. how how I think he had, he had a volley today that got blocked, and I he think did, it's yeah. gonna get blocked. I goal. think it's in. Yeah. yeah. And Benucci. he has he had a situation in the second half where he tracked back where we were caught out of position, and he tracked back, and he was like on the opposite side of the yeah. field. And yeah. broke up the play. Like he literally just he doesn't tire. Like he just runs and runs and runs. And and like you guys said, right? He gives us that outlet going forward. He goes to the line and Gilberto does too, but Ba gives it a different quality. His yeah. cross quality is is superior. He covers a hell of a lot more ground. Defensively, is he better than Gilberto? 
I would probably say no, right? But it's similar to Grimaldo, right? Like you, the offset of like what he can give us everywhere else, right? Like, okay, we'll take the risk of defensively. Maybe he's not as good, I think. Um, but everything else he gives us is superior. Let's, um, let's, let's not forget that he's not going to be playing against Quadrado. He's going to be playing against Neymar. So correct. <laughs> that's correct. a big difference on, on uh, I think we need somebody, either. Another, Brazilian, another Brazilian there like Gilberto that can stick it to Neymar. Chirp in his ear. Yeah, that could be that could be maybe a, an answer. It could it, it could be a, a mind Neymar, game, right? Like Messi and Mama and Mama. Like, <laughs> yeah, could, not... I mean, I watched them. I, wa- I had the game up today, and the amount of opportunities that they had, like one on one with the goalie, and they blew. Like they just got too fancy. Like the amount of times that they get him behind the back line is yeah. absolutely astonishing. How how often it happens? Um, I'm really I'm really concerned about Antonio. See how he does against those guys. So I was just going to ask you guys that. So Telmo says I think it'll be a crazy game against PSG. I'd like to be in Portugal to watch this game. That I think Benfica will win. Um, Antonio says boa noite para todos. Uh, boa noite Antonio. Um, Joaninha says what did you guys think about João Mario's yellow for celebrating? I don't know if the yellow was for celebrating or if because I, I think it might have been with each like, other. I think because yeah, because the argument. Yeah, yeah. Juventus play got a yellow too. Benucci got one, and but I thought I it was Benucci. stupid. It was very I, I stupid because all, all he did is stand there. He didn't. And you basically anything. now condition two players. Yeah. Or like you can't get another yellow card, and you got a yellow card for something completely stupid. Like, what was the difference between that and having an argument on the field during the game with an opponent? Like, I yeah. thought it was but, ridiculous. But but if you, I don't know if you noticed that Neymar got a yellow for celebrating his yeah normal for doing this celebration yeah, yeah. his normal celebration so. He did this or something like that, and he got like a yeah. That's his normal celebration. That's his. He was uh, pissed off. Yeah, he was. He was really upset. Um, we got a couple more questions here in the in the comments. But you mentioned Antonio Silva, and I I know that I asked this on the Portuguese podcast last week, and I'm going to ask you guys this now. And I I think we've touched on it. Oscar actually asked the question in our group chat. Is, I mean, the kid's been crushing it, right? 18 years old. Uh, he won the youth league with Benfica, but he never really played at this level. He gets thrown to the wolves into the deep end with no life jacket. Um, Morato's hurt. Lucas Vidison was hurt. Jean Vitor's hurt, right? And easily a situation where this kid just completely gets overwhelmed and knows like, fuck, I have no one behind me to save me, right? You got John Brooks now, um, who Jean Fernandes, who was in Turin, <laughs> said, I don't know if you guys saw the WhatsApp, but he said, O americano está mais gordo do que eu. So, um, right now he has John Brooks, but apart from that, right, we don't really have anyone that can fill that void because of the injuries. And I mean, he stepped up to the challenge. He's been fantastic. He was again sublime again today. Nunu was talking about how. Antonio was going to face a real striker today, Vlaovic, and I said jokingly, you know, truth be told, Vlaovic didn't really do much. He scored that goal that was offsides, but apart from that, he was, you know, not present. Not saying that Antonio Silva was the factor for that. Otamendi was incredible East. today again. Um, but what happens here, and then I'm basically going to ask the question that Oscar asked as well, is Morato comes back and he's fit. He's ready to go. What do you do in this situation? Does Antonio Silva take a back seat given what he's been doing? Or does Morato now have to hope that there's an injury, that there's a suspension to either him or to Otamendi? Like, what do you do as the manager? And, and if, whoever wants to jump on that, I, go if, ahead. I'll, I'll say this. If Roger sticks to what he's basically preaching is Morato was on fire, played, because Vertog- Vertog- that was Vertogan's spot. 
and Mor Moratu earned it, right? So more and 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 he goes now for Vertonghen to win it back, he has to earn it back. So in this case, jo uh, uh, Antonio earned it because obviously it took advantage of the injuries. If Morat wants it back, he has to earn it back. Until um, Antonio does any mistakes that are very obvious, why take the kid out? I let the kid play. I don't disagree. I no, I hundred percent agree. And he, Roger, bet on this kid from the, like at the beginning of the preseason, right? We all thought it was going to be uh, Thomas Rujo, the kid that yeah. was on the B team. The B team last year came up a few times. Like that seemed to be like the the per the kid that was going to be on the on the first team, and and then all of a sudden this kid comes up from the youth team, played well in preseason again. It's preseason, but like you said, Mike, he was thrown into the fucking middle of the wolf pack and. I haven't seen this kid sink or swim fluster once. Yeah, like he's played. Granted, I mean today was probably his toughest test. Yeah, but I thought he played well today. He was calm on the ball. Like he was willing to get stuck in. I, I think I think it's his spot to lose. Essentially, like you ride him out if he starts performing badly or gets hurt, then then you look to make a change. But I, I don't I don't think you make a change just to make a change. I have one more thing, and if I don't know if you guys noticed, but from the games that Morato played until t until he got hurt, and then from the games Antonio's played since Morato got hurt, I've seen Morato make more mistakes than Antonio Silva. I don't, I don't agree with that. I agree with that. I had some games where we even talked. About <laughs> I this. agree with that. <laughs> with with Morato, we're like, dude, Morato needs to get better at this. Morato is physical, but you, you sometimes you like legit like miss hit the ball, and the ball will be right for the forward. Like Morato had more mistakes. Than I think Antonio's had since. Kind of I, I don't agree with that. I, I think I think Murato was playing just as well um, at the beginning of the season before he got injured, and he obviously earned earned the spot from the beginning of the season. So he was playing better. I mean, you would think that he was playing better than the other center backs, and that's why he earned that position. You know, we can't we can't forget that the kids what 18, 17, yep. 18? 18. 18. You don't want to ruin so, at such a young age. Look. We can all say he might, you know, we ride him until he gets hurt or he has a bad game, but that can also completely affect yep. the rest of his career. Just like, you know, in a situation like Ferro, for instance, we don't want to, I, I, me personally, right. This is just what I'm thinking is like, we don't want to um, exhaust a young youth player that has potential just because he's in good form. I think, you know, I think once Muratu is, is healthy, I think Rotate we ease him. him back into the lineup. Not not right away, right? You, you continue, you, you ease him back in, maybe in a, a a cup game or something like that. And then eventually he, he takes that position back from the kid. Because I, I do think that, let's face it, he's going to, I mean, the kid's going to have a bad game. He's going to, his leg, like, he has not had a season like he's about to have. And he needs to be fresh for the entire season. So I, I think we need to be careful with, a, you know, an 18 year old, you know, now that that's it, like the pressure's on and he's ready to go. And that's, and that's all. I think once Murat, Muratu has a better, you know, he's in better shape. He's a bigger dude. He was playing fine. I mean, he won the position from the beginning of the season. I think he, he gets eased back into the starting lineup and, and then we go from there. I agree, but I'll flip the, the conversation the other way for you right in terms of and i said this on the portuguese podcast last week is we need to 
and Befica has been at fault for this a number of times over the years, right? Is not managing the youth and the expectations and the humbleness and keeping your feet on the ground and, and making sure that you're level-headed, right? We had, you know, you mentioned Ferro was a situation that unraveled quickly. Rodrik Miranda was another guy that was going to be the next, you know, great thing. And, and he, you know, fell by the wayside. Um, what message does it send to him if, Morato becomes available and he then takes a back seat, right? And and I see both sides of it, right? What Luis said in the Portuguese podcast was he's young, his mindset is automatically going to be right. I'm coming in, I'm filling the void, right? But I know it's not my spot. And when the void is, you know, when the injury is is re- is over, you know, I'm gonna take a back seat again, right? And that may be his mindset, right? But we don't know that, right? But I can't help to think that. A player of his age, right, gets this opportunity, comes up through the rankings, gets this opportunity and is grabbing it with both hands and is playing well. Like, how do you take the fact that, you know, like I've not made a mistake, I've not put a foot wrong. Um, have you noticed that I'm here instead of Moratu, right? Has there been any drastic difference, right? Like what mindset or what message does that send to him of like, fuck, like what what do I need to do to really hold my spot right if if what i put in in the last month and a half wasn't enough like what what will be enough and it's not less than Morato. it's not less than like, anything less than what correct so like so at this at this at this level at this right now at this moment they're completely a level right Morato is doing awesome he's doing awesome he's played opponents like juventus away right Morato hasn't been tested to that level yet right so this we year. have this year that's what i mean this year yeah because last year Moratu lost a spot to Vertogen in uh, in Otamendi. Look, Moratu was was a, a a third, fourth piece in the puzzle. So like, yeah. so he gained it this year, but this year he hasn't been tested. Like Juan, in like Antonio just got tested today against Juventus. Like th- this is like the a reality. Antonio has been it hasn't done anything to lose this spot. We talked about Gilberto and Ba. Gilberto hasn't done anything to lose this spot. So in this case, he's earned it because he's he's played well to, uh, since he's come on. So. What's he's done to lose his spot? I mean, I get what Kenny's saying. He might lose his um, if he if he has a bad game like Ferro, but Ruben Diaz had a bad game, and that's on the player. Like the mentality needs to be a strong mentality. Ruben Diaz had it, and like look at that, he had a bad season just like Ferro did because Mefica came back and lost all the games in the second half of the season, and Ruben Diaz went to Manchester City for how many millions? You know what I mean? Right. Like so that's, that's the other piece of it too. Mentality, yeah. I, I think that's the other piece of it too. Is like. I think I think there's a pecking order as well, right? I know we don't want to think that age shouldn't matter, but I think age and seniority does matter. And I think when at the beginning of the season, you know, these guys they have roles, right? You're you're a youth player coming in, you're going to get your opportunities, you know, most likely when someone gets hurt, you're going to get you're going to you you're going to have to step up. And he has he has filled that role yep. to to a T perfectly. Doesn't mean that when Morato comes back, I mean, to me, Morato didn't lose his position either. He didn't do anything for me that lost his position, except he got hurt. Yeah. So, did, so, so, Lucas Vrissman didn't either. He got hurt. Do you think he takes Otamendi's position now? Otamendi, Lucas Vrissman never took Otamendi's position. But he was playing on the right, on the right now because they played a three back. Yeah. Without Otamendi playing, playing a two back, Otamendi would have to be Otamendi's position. It's also the extent of the injury. I mean, Vrissman was coming from a serious injury. But Lucas also hasn't played with this manager. Right? Like right. that's another element. That's true. And then but I think it's a good problem to have. It's it's a good problem to have. It's I mean it's the, the so what I was trying to get to the other piece of it is like I would like Tony 
to be here for a longer time. Like if this kid rides it out and has a phenomenal year, he, there's another one that's gone at the end of the season. You know, I'd like to, it to stick around for, you know, another season, hopefully. So maybe Murato shines. He's been here for a while. He, you know, you know, Otamendi's going to probably, Otamendi's going to be gone. You got the two Brazilians, three Brazilians, right? And you want the kid to hang around a little bit longer and not be like another Ruben Diaz type of, of sale. I mean, I know we like those sales, but I think, you know, to lose an 18 year old with a lot of potential would be a hit to the, to the gut. If, I mean, but we always preach, we want these kids to stay here longer. Well, let's manage the minutes. He's yeah. shining right now. Once, you know, Murata comes back and Murata can come back and suck. And then whatever you, 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 you put the kid back in and, and you, you got to do what you got to do. But I think, I agree with the, with the SLB I just said right now, Joan Felixen and, and Renato both held this, their positions at 18 or 18, 19. So like, I mean, the age is just a number. Like, you have to see how they're playing against the opposition. And and right now, I don't care if he's 18 or if he's 17. As long as he's playing well, it's, a, it's just Bob, my friend. We have a couple of comments here. So, Daniel Freitas, um abraço para ti, Daniel. Já é tarde aí desse lado. It's Ricardo's brother. He was with us at the Benfica game in Liverpool. Grande Daniel. Um, he says, não importa a idade, o importante é ser um grande jogador. É muito melhor que o Morato. Um Morato falha muito e é lento para jogar ao lado de Otamendi. And Ot António Silva, neste momento, é o melhor jogador do Benfica em todos os sentidos. O que menos falha, Otamendi até melhorou com ele ao lado. Um, and Telmo says, honestly, António, for me, is the best Portuguese centre-back today. It's a bold statement. I don't even know how old he is. He shows a lot of maturity on the pitch. There's a lot of bold statements that were just said. <laughs> Let's pump the fucking brakes, guys. I really don't the World Cup. The kid's... The kid's being great he's playing great but let's pump the brakes a little bit yeah uh, i agree I, I i don't want us to get way too high on him i mean the important thing is right like us as fans we can get high on him as long as him himself doesn't you know his feet don't leave the ground and he doesn't get you know in over his head and he doesn't uh, see me either he seems, he doesn't. Like, he seems, he seems pretty pretty so calm so calm yeah. on the ball like I, I saw like when ba got burnt like he was the first one to step in yeah. and just cover for him like yeah. he's fast I mean, he's doing everything he can to hold this spot. And you got him, they say. I was about to say, did you guys see that clip of Benucci when he oh, came yeah. in during yeah, the yeah. Western round? Yeah. And he was yeah. like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And he's a big kid. He's a solid dude. He's, yeah. you know, he's not a small yeah. guy. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But like joining you said, right? It's a hard decision for the manager, but a good problem to have for the team, right? I mean, having options and having good options, I think, is important. Unfortunately, we don't have that dilemma with some of the positions in our, in our starting 11, right. That we would like to have, but again, it's, it's a good problem to have and in a decision that Roger Schmidt's going to have to figure out what the best decision going forward is. But again, nonetheless, a, a good uh, pain uh, to have um, before we Mike, close this. I, I have a funny comment. So yeah, Mike, Mike and I, we, we started playing uh, outdoor soccer this weekend and uh, the ref came up to us and told us we had to take off. I had this like little, <laughs> little shitty bracelet on my hand just like made out of cloth right and the guy made me take it off right and mike had like we had guys with their wedding bands on had to take out off the jewelry right and uh which is which is weird to me and and then you see this 18 year old with all this metal in his mouth the kid's got braces all this metal in his mouth seriously and and you you wonder all the damage that he could do on the field with that. I mean, if he was, if he had the mindset of uh, Suarez, I mean, oh, yeah. this would be some deadly, deadly he'd stuff be, on the field. 
he'd be messing all sorts of shit up. Um, the before we close this out, there was a comment here that I wanted to touch on. Um, good thing Jay's not here to defend it. Um, I'd like to see Musa play in the starting lineup. I'm liking him. I thought he came in well again today. Um, not good decision in the last play of the game in his pass, right? I think. I mean, he didn't really have much of an angle to shoot. Um, I think there was another player in the box that wasn't uh, the one that he passed to, but I could be wrong. Shikinio um, and Draxler were there. Yeah, and he made the pass to the first guy closest to him, and it was a it was Chiquinho. a short pass. Um, yeah. But what do you guys make of this comment? Again, like I'm not, I don't want to criticize Gonzalo Ramos because again, he scored a lot of goals. He's working hard. I thought he didn't play bad today, but like misses like that one that he had with the header. Like those are misses that in games at this magnitude, like those are make or break, right? Unfortunately, it didn't end up being the case today, but like against the PSG or another opponent or on another day, that could be the difference between Benfica going through to the next round or going to Europa League, right? I know that Oscar, you and I have shared our opinions in terms of the strikers, but as the season's starting to play out, do you guys agree with Talmud? Do you think someone else? Do you think Gonzalo Ramos is still the guy? I mean, I, think? I, I don't think Musa's shown that he could pop that yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Musa, Musa's good. Like, he's a tall guy, and he, he, he wins a lot of, like, but today Ramos was winning the headers, too, on the, on the yeah. long balls yeah. from Vlaco, right? So, like, like Ramos just offers more to the team as a whole than I think Musa does. So, Ramos comes back and defends. I mean, he look at his hustle got us a PK. Like yeah. that kind of that kind of stuff, like that. I don't think Musa has the legs yeah. to do. I so, think Musa Musa is more of like that stereotypical number nine, right? He's go with his back to, to goal. He's yeah. good at holding up the ball, getting the flicks on for the runs coming in. I think I think Gonzalo Ramos, like Oscar said, gives you more. Um, he can build up the play. He defends like he works his tail off. Like I think he just gives you a little bit more. And Musa hasn't shown. That clinical, fin- like that clinical finishing in front of in front of net yet, like as he scored, he's Musa he, he scored in the preseason. Preseason, yeah. I'm talking about like in the in the regular season. Not, he hasn't yeah. scored yet. Like he, he's, no, he, I think he's he he's missed a few. He's missed a few like sitters too, um, if I remember correctly. So like, yeah, we I, I think missing opportunities that we need to score is an issue right now, and Musa hasn't shown that he can resolve that issue. But well, if I think he he's. Has- if you guys look at the strikers from our, like from the early 2000s until now that we've had at Mifika, who would you guys put on this team that would make this team like elite when it comes to like a top? Jonas. My, who? Strikers, Jonas. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. like Jonas, but I think I think my my guy to play with this system would be Lima. I don't know why. I it just plays because he's a, the like he's that guy that was fit, clinically finishing was good, awesome. And then he's fast enough to come back and help and go forward as a team. So to me, Lima to be what I mean, fit perfectly into this squad. I, I'm going to go different here. I'm going to say, given the way this team plays, high press, speed, in behind, maybe a bold statement, but I would go Rodrigo. I was thinking him too. I, I had a feeling he, you were He was not clinical though. I, I think Lima No, but he was, was still young. He was, he, was yeah. still a, he was super young when he left. Yeah, but he but could I, finish. He, he could finish. And I think a guy was, like him with his pace – yeah. His ability to get in behind, fitting into this youth system, like I think. But you don't think Lima team, had that too? No, Lima was another one that came to mind, right? Like Cardoso, yeah. Jonas, all those guys, right? But like those are guys that they played better with someone near them, right? Like in a 
right? And clinical guys, right? But I think this team, right? Obviously, a Cardozo like is always going to fit in. A Jonas yeah. is always going to fit in. But I think, like to your question, I think a, a Lima, or I would go with Rodrigo just because of his pace, his ability to get in behind, young player, hungry, like all feeding off each other. I think he would fit in like a glove here. Sheik Marcinus is Cardozo, a Jonas. Yeah, he, oh, much better he, than Ramos, he's, I think. He's a Ramos with, with uh, better finishing. Who? SLBS says, should we have okay. sold Seferovic? Um, Tell us that I like seeing how Musa moved and grabbed the ball with his back to the goal with Rafa there. Juanina says, Mentores would be your pick. Dave, welcome back, Dave. Your Braga's looking good, buddy. Let's see if they can hold on. Um, Raul would be a bad one, actually, because he works his hell as well. Yeah, he works hard. But, I like, I don't... Uh, he scored a few goals for Benfica, but I don't think I don't see him as like a a pure goal scorer. Yeah, but uh, like some of the chances that Ramos has yeah, missed, yeah, I think he he like he puts away. SLB says Lima was awesome and underrated. I don't want to talk bad, but honestly, Gonzalo is advertising for me. I'm assuming that was an autocorrect, but I'm assuming he's saying that Maybe Ramos average. isn't doing isn't doing it for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Claudio, advertising the player to bump up his his uh, value. Yeah. You may think again, yo. Um, all right, I want to do one quick exercise that um, I I was thinking about before we did this, which is uh, I went back and looked at the lineups of both of these teams uh, when we played last time in Turin. And I want to look at the lineups and see who would you take from both teams to be you're starting 11 from the two teams that played. So let me just do this here. Oh God, it's not going to let me do it. All right. I'm going to read it off to you. It's not going to let me do it. I don't think. Hold on. Let me try one more time. Uh, share screen window. Juve. No, it's not going to let me do it. Um, so what, are you, what are you talking about? What two teams? So when Benfica went to uh Turin and tied zero zero. So our lineup was we had three red cards that game that we did a lot of players didn't play that game. I know. I'm just gonna read you the lineup. Don't get defensive. Um Oblock Oblock Cicade <laughs> got a high oh that's why he got him mad. <laughs> <laughs> Pizaldino wasn't in the lineup. <laughs> Oblock Cicada Garay Luisel Maxi uh Gaitan Enzo wait, wait, wait. so slow dude. All right I'm Oblock. Okay. Cicada, Garay, Luizão, Maxi. Midfield was Gaitan, Enzo, and Ruben. Rodrigo, Markovic, and Lima. All right. Who would you take? So goalie, I think, is hands down Oblak over Audi. Mm -hmm. Everyone agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, center backs. Garay Luizão or Otamendi and Tonio Silva? Do we have to take the pairing or can we? No, you can one? mix and match. Okay. I'd, I'd, I'd bring Luizão to pair with Otamendi. I do Otamendi Garay. I like that mix, Kenny. Yeah, I mean, Otamendi Garay is the obvious. I don't know how they get. I mean, they already played together in, in Argentina, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I do Garay and Otamendi too. Left back, Cicado Grimaldo. I like Cicado. I love Cicado, but I'm going with Grimaldo because he's playing like phenomenal. Yeah, I, I want Grimaldo's free kick. Yeah, phenomenal <laughs> yeah. Right. this year. Grimaldo. 
Uh, Maxi Pereira or Ba? Ba. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck Moxie that trade. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Fuck him. I agree. Number six, Ruben Amorim or, or I'll the do coach? the pairing. I'll do the pairing. Yeah. Ruben Amorim and Enzo Perez, Enzo Fernandez and Tino. Enzo and Enzo. I like that. That's, that's a lot of, like, that's a lot of similarities. I want yeah. Enzo and Enzo. Yeah. I don't think it would work. You can't leave. I don't think it would work. Wait, what, 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 what was it again? Enzo? Enzo and Amorim or Enzo and Tino? Oh, man. Ruben Amorim is obviously the fourth option. Yeah, he's out. I'll I go I'll go old Enzo and, and new, new Tino. Enzo. Yeah, you, do you leave the Enzo Fernandez out? Yeah, I like. I just. I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna I, think, I like the old I th- Enzo. Yeah, I, I think the, OG. the two Enzos Enzo. are too similar. I think you need the the ball winning midfielder, and that's what Tino brings. I I agree with Kenny. The old Enzo and the OG Enzo and, and Tino. Ruby says Garay and Tony. Um, he said Maxi who okay. Telmo says Garay and Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz not on um up sound. And the hey, okay. You can do whatever you want. Telmo makes his own rules. SLVS says, and then he says Nelson Smith. Oh caray, you Nelson Smith and not up sound. And on Maxi Oba, Rui Mascarenhas says Enzo and Tino. Qual Enzo? Exatamente. Qual Enzo? Eram dois. E lá vem o Telmo outra vez. Oh, this Telmo. No são opções. Um, and then you got the three Rodrigo, Gaitan, Markovic, and then comparing it with this time around, you got João Mario, Neres, and Rafa. I go, I go with this one. All three Neres, Rafa, no, and João I, Mario. No. I'll go, I'll go Neres, Rafa, and Rodrigo. Damn, you guys think I'm taking. I'm 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 oh, taking Gaetan, Rafa, and Ners. I like I. Yeah, I like yeah. Ners. I like one on one. Yeah, I would say Gaetan, Rafa, and Ners too. Uh, John Mario's playing out of his mind, but like Gaetan was I'm a sick. machine. I'm yeah. yeah, machine, but not defensive. We need to play somebody that can help defense. Listen, we're playing all out attack. attack. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking the whole game, not just... Wait, wait, wait. wait. I'm, I'm playing this whole game wrong. I'm going to yeah. put in John Edge and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going with the Telmo effect. Perdón, yeah, you just make up... You just pick whoever you want. Uh, Rui says, Rui, Gaitan, Marco. Telmo finally picked an option. Gaitan, he picks Gaitan. Um, and then up top, you got Lima or Gonzalo Ramos. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah, I think it's an obvious one. Um, Juanina says Grimaldo's goal versus Holland's goal. Did you, did you guys see Holland's goal today? That was nuts. It was like a karate yeah. kick. Yeah, it reminds you of like you guys just like... assist by you guys see the assist by uh, Tamo says he wants Di Maria and Oscar Cardoso. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you see Di Maria skin uh, Grimaldo. Yeah, yeah, he still looks good. Um, Carlos diz vamos lá para a décima vitória. Continuação de boa noite para todos os presentes. Saudações gloriosas. Benfica sempre. Boa noite, Carlos. Um abraço. Obrigado por participares aqui na nossa conversa. Um, yeah, I, I did see Cancelo's assist. Ridiculous pass. It's amazing. Um, quickly to close this one off. I know that we're already at the hour mark. Uh, MVP for you guys. Goal point Jean has Davidez at 7.8, which surprises me. Jean Mario for me. I me too. The last few games, he's been 
unreal. I think the way he controls the game is has been nuts. I dude, just I love John Mari. I love Neres. I love everybody on the team today. I love Tino. I love Enzo. The guys, everybody played um, unbelievable. Yeah. But to me, to me is like uh, I had something with Rafa today. Rafa played. He worked like, his balls off. His, his balls yeah. off. He yeah. had, he had, he had his decision making. I didn't see any that stood out. That was like, oh shit, yep. should have passed here or there. I agree. It would, it would have been any uh, because of him, we could have scored like another two or three goals, and not because like obviously people missed, but he made those plays happen. So I think I, I give it to Rafa. I will agree with you. I've been very critical of him when he makes mistakes, and I will agree that there wasn't a moment today that we could look back on and say, what was he doing? Like, And I even called it out early in the group chat. There was that play in the first half where he came out of nowhere and slides and, and blocks yeah. the shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't the Rafa that we're used to, the one that you know is is – you know, crucifying back lines and and weave, weaving in and out. He well, you saw you saw you saw today. He ran up through the midfield. Somebody Correct. took him down, got he up, got up with the ball, and then yes. he had it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice How many times there. have we seen him just lay there just and go. throw his yep. arms up, type yep. of thing? And the fact that he got up, I look. I mean, I, yeah. I give him credit for for the way he worked off today. I agree with that, Oscar. Thomas says Jomadi for him, and Rui says Roger Ball. Yes, it's looking good. Um, yeah. All right. No, Roger well, Ball is the MVP. That's what I think he means. It's yeah, and Joaninha says Roger is the man of man of match. You forgot the T in there, Joaninha, but we won't tell anyone. It's our secret. <laughs> um, Roger's a mom. <laughs> <laughs> a um, I want to uh, close this off with you know ten minutes on this conversation, and and it, it's it's a different dynamic for us because we're here in the states and and the sports culture is very different than it is in, in, in Europe. And I don't know if I know Bill has encountered a similar situation I have in the UK. I don't know if Kenny and Oscar have as well, but the kid in, um, you know, the post, <laughs> the kid in the post. So it was a young boy who went to uh, the family count game with Benfica and the rule for the stadiums, depending on who the home team is, apparently you can make up these rules where, if you're a fan of the opposing team and you go sit in a bankada that's not the away fans bankada, that um, you know they can restrict you from wearing the opponent's jersey or having a scarf. And this kid who had tickets to the game in the bankada central, which was not in the Benfica section, um, in a stadium that wasn't full, by the way, right? Like it's not like you know there was no other seat, like he was sitting in the bank of the central, but like there was tons of open seats. And again, this kid was probably 10 years old at most. Um, he ended up not wearing his shirt um, to the game. And there's, there's rumors that, you know, the dad was told this before they went to the stadium, but me as a dad, like I came to this game, I don't know where they live. Right. But it's like, do I go home? Right. Because my kid can't wear the Benfica. Like what I'm trying to get at is that would never happen here in the United States. Right. And and there's like this negative culture of like, you're the enemy. You're not my opponent. You're the enemy. Right. Which I think creates this terrible dynamic, like having passion and having rivalry in sports is great. Right. That's what makes it amazing. But like the fact that you're, you're a 10 year old or any child, even an adult, but look, a child has to wear has to not wear a shirt to watch his team regardless of what stadium it's in to me is mind blowing. Right. First of all, second of all, what we're used to here in the States 
and Kenny may be able to talk to it more because football is going to be more American football is going to be more tribal or probably as close to what it's like in, in Europe, right. In terms of, of, of soccer. Um, but here, like fans are all commingled, right? Like you're sitting next to a fan from the other team or like, there's no like dedicated section, right? Like you buy a ticket, you sit wherever the fuck you want, right? Like no one's going to be like, Oh, you're wearing, you know, uh, New York Red Bulls jersey. You can't, Right. We went to go watch the playoffs a few years ago and Henri was there. Right. And I wore a Red Bull shirt and we sat, you know, 50 yard line. All you guys were rooting for the revolution. And I was rooting for Henri. Right. And yeah. There was heckling and people giving me shit, but it was like fun banter. Right. And you're obviously going to get the idiots that are drunk and stupid and and make dumb comments. But it just blows my mind that the culture in Europe is this way that you can't have a 10 year old go watch a sport of a team that he likes in an opposing stadium because he's not rooting for the home team, right? And I saw comments of people like, "Onu pago cotas todos anos, não sou sócio para andar sentado na bancada central com adeptos da outra equipa." Like he's ten years old. Like if you can't sit next to someone from the opposing team for ninety minutes, you're the problem. I'm sorry, but you are the problem. I've said a lot, so I'm gonna open it up to you guys and and give me your thoughts. And those of you that are listening, feel free to give us your thoughts. For me, it is absolutely mind blowing. I'll stop there. Who wants to go? I all right. So I think it's I understand it to a point where when it comes to like I mean Fica Porto game, right? Because the rivalry there is so so big that uh, you're actually trying to protect somebody physically, like from getting hurt, right? Because but when it comes to and then I think when it comes to like a team like Family Count, and I'm not no no disrespect to Family Count whatsoever, right? I think it's more than like if they do it, I can do it. If like uh, like we're just as big as you, I'm not. Why treating us like a small team? Like if you guys on the stadiums, you guys can't go in with a different shirt. You're not gonna come to my stadium with with a different shirt on my bancada to watch the game. So they're treating it like they're trying to have balls. That's what it is. They're trying to be big men. But it's 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 a shame because half the fans on that stadium were probably Benfica fans that paid the the money. So Benfica could go back and you know what? Next time we play in your stadium, which you guys wait all year long to come to make that money. We won't sell the tickets to our Fika fans, and you have an empty stadium like you guys every 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 week in and out. So but it's it's, like me, a- it, it's, a, it's a shame that they, it comes to this, it, and I'm glad that uh that it became a big big thing, and it's all over the newspapers and all that, so they can take action towards this. But I don't see it changing. I just don't see it changing because there's nothing that will stop it from changing because people like like we're just you know we saw this weekend. And people were saying like, oh, Benfica Stadium has the designated area. Yes, they do. But there's also been games where Benfica has played Porto, Benfica has played Sporting at the Stadio de Luz. And there have been Sporting fans and Benfica fans it's, sitting around the stadium, see, not in that couples. area. You, you show couples Correct. that are split. One wearing Sporting jersey, one wearing Benfica jersey sitting exactly. right next to each other. And one of the scenarios was, what if that kid's dad is a socio of family count, family right? Count. And he has two seats, right? And they look forward to this game, naturally. And his kid... Likes, likes Benfica, right? And he wants to take his son to watch Family Count. He likes Family Count. My son likes Benfica, and my son wants to wear a Benfica shirt because he likes Benfica and he's going to watch Benfica. But I'm a socio, and I sit in that. So your son can't go with you watch the game, or he can't wear a jersey of the team that he likes because people are going to feel awkward that he's from the other team, or like again, he's ten years old. I I get the protecting people, right? There's high risk games, Benfica Porto, Benfica. I get that, right? If that's what you want to be the excuse, would I take my kid to the Stade de Dragão or maybe, maybe not so much the Stade de Lod, but the Stade de Dragão because of the rivalry, would I take my kid there wearing a Benfica shirt? Probably not, right? Because I, I just know the reality of it, right? But 
if you can't go to a game like a Famalicão Benfica or Aroca Benfica or any other team, right, apart from the two or three games that are high risk, dude, we have a massive problem. Kenny, yeah, no, I, 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 I want to get your take on it from like the football aspect, right? You've been to football games. You've been to Cowboy Stadium. You've been to Gillette as a Cowboys fan, right? Like, would you think, would you say it's the closest thing to the tribal mindset that is overseas or you still don't think it's not even close? No, it is. And you do see, you do see fights break out with fans sitting next to each other. I mean, you, you can go on, on social media every week during football season and find fights breaking out between fans. That's going to happen regardless. Cause you're there's there's always going to be those people that get too drunk and they get uh, too aggressive and, and personal and, and they take it to that level. But the, I think the main thing with th this story is that the kid was 10 years old. Like who's going to start shit with a 10 year old. Like if, if you're starting shit with a 10 year old, you got more fucking problems than, than we can talk about on here. Like that, that's the difference. I can see, I can see like, restricting adults just because of the possibility to protect people. I mean, look, Portugal and in those little stadiums as well, like they don't have that much security. So if things do break out, they don't have, you know, the, the resources to be able to, you know, potentially, you know, account for all that. Like here in the, in the U S I mean, we have security, we have stewards, everything, even at Benfica stadium, you know, they have all that necessary security, but in smaller stadiums, they just don't have that resource. So to avoid, I can see why they would want to avoid that. But if it's not about you know safety, and it's just because a saucer doesn't want, you know, it's a it's a vote by the the team, you know, saucers that they don't want you know opposing fans sitting in their bancada, then that's that's just stupid. And if we're talking about ten year olds again, why why would you be starting with a ten year old? Like that's just dumb to me. That's um, all it is. I also it's think it's not a rule from the league. Like it's each team. Yeah, it's a, just like it's a constitutional right. Like you can't, they just you can't tell someone own. you can't kick someone out of a stadium because of what they're wearing, right? Obviously, if they go naked, that's one thing, right? Because, but whether my shirt's black, gray, purple, orange, whatever the fuck it is, from a constitutional perspective, like you can't. Again, it's their rule, right? But from a constitutional perspective, like it goes beyond Family Count's rule. It goes beyond Boavista's rule. But, but yeah, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was also gonna say, like, from from the images that I saw, right? They were right next to the, the fence, the breaking point, the yeah. breaking point, right? I think, like, <laughs> you know, critical thinking here would would make you seem like, oh, all right, like we're not gonna have the kid go into the stadium without a shirt. Let's just bring him over to the other On side, the other of the side of the fence, fence. and let him wear <laughs> yeah. the shirt. Like, why the fuck? Like, why are we telling the kid he has to take off his shirt and stay there the whole game? Like, yeah. just let's let's use our brains here and and a little critical thinking skills and and put this together to make it easy for. You know, everyone like everyone's happy in that situation. But and Dave and Dave's and Dave's bringing the other side of the element here. And and I want you guys to, to comment on this. He says it's a dumb rule, but it's a rule. Blame the father. And you can't bring flags either. So the shirt falls under the same criteria. I've seen a lot of this, right? The father's the father's fault. It's the father's fault. It's the father's fault. But again, like, do you guys agree with that? Like, it's the father's fault. Like, is it a rule? Sure. Right. Is it ridiculous that it? Like, yeah, we're we're not debating that it's it's oh it's the rule like we're debating like the rule is dumb that's what we're we're saying that the rule should not be a rule. I get it, it, but 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 it, but it is a rule. Know, but it is a rule until the rule changes. That's a right. rule. So like so like in this case, I I get why people say blame the father. I get it. It's it makes no sense to make a kid, young kid, take out of his shirt. But a father knows of this rule. Like if, if you're you. gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna take take a chance and take a shirt in. 
fine. But then have something underneath in case you can't take it and just crumble up, put it in your pocket. You know what I mean? That you have a they, shirt. They but tell the you, father they, knew about this before he went to the stadium. They tell you as you go to walk in. So it happened to me when Benfica played in Chaves was it two or three years ago. You, As you're going in, we got tickets from a friend, and it was in the Bancada Central. So as you're walking in, I had no clue, so I had my Benfica kit on and get to the, to the front, and they go, you can't get in. Like, you have to take your shirt off. So I had to go to my car, change my shirt, come back. They let me in. Benfica scores. 99% of the fucking Bancada Central <laughs> is fucking celebrating and chanting like the Benfica section is. Like, it was, it's dumb. I could, like, I think Oscar made the point where, like, you could see it for a Benfica Sporting, Benfica Porto. Like, yeah, those are like high rivalry games, high risk type of thing. Um, but when you're talking from like Riwav, Shav, like these smaller teams, they look forward to these games when the Benfica Sporting right. and Porto come. They're making their money then, not the rest of the season. Like what they make in ticket sales and all that other shit from those three games like is enough to set them and to be able to pay their all their shit off for for the year, right? To to tell a kid, to tell anyone, well, you paid for your ticket, but you can't wear your shirt into the stadium. Like it's stupid. To me, it, it's dumb. I like I, I agree with what, what Michael's saying. Like it, it blows my mind that it's like it's 2022 and you can't wear like a Benfica jersey to a family account game. Like we're not talking about wearing your Benfica kit and trying to sit in the middle of fucking the side of the ground. Right. Like you're not, we're not talking about something like that or wearing like a Celtic kit in the middle of the Rangers fan. Like that, those games are like, are like legitimately like high risk. Like, yeah, you need security, you need safety at those points, but these smaller teams. Yeah. But how, how do you, how do you like, like when you make a rule, you make a rule for all, right. You don't make a rule. It's not a rule. I know, but it's not a league's rule. It's a team's rule. Each team just says no. You can't do it. Correct. Right. Yeah. I I just going to say. Hold on, Bill. So, Dave, if you can elaborate on, right? He said, how many more rules should be different for the big three than all others? VAR had more cameras for games involving big three than other teams. You can't bend rules for any. I agree, but this is like the VAR one is 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 the league. The yeah, league drives as far that, as I right? Know, this is this isn't the league dictating. No, who can league, wear what? The league does not have a rule on it's, on it's, who it's can sit where or it's, it's the it's teams because the teams hire the security and they tell the security don't let anyone wearing Correct. Benfica kits into these stands. They they're only allowed to wear their kit if they're in the designated area. Because I've seen which games, I've seen games like Benfica when they're panning the camera over the stadium. You see couples with two like Correct. Benfica Porto, Benfica Sporting who, jerseys in. Who in was when we played? Uh, uh, Leiria. It was it because of Casapia, right? Casapia. Well, that was that, on a neutral that, stadium. We played in Leiria. Isn't that their home stadium for the year? No, they're supposed to play at the Jamor, but the, there was a concert, oh, okay. so they moved. Yeah, they have a mobile home for their stadium. They, the same they move around. That was like, 99% no. Benfica everywhere. says me pulling up to the Regal in October with my Benfica kit. Maybe women are exceptions. And Joaninha was just there, but she didn't go watch. She didn't go watch a Benfica Porto when she was just there. Uh, but I'm curious yeah, to know her, mean, her her fiance is a Porto fan, and I'm curious if you've gone to the Stade de Regal with a Benfica shirt with your boyfriend at the time or fiance, and have you gotten shit or have you gone in without a Benfica shirt and he's gone with a Porto shirt? Like I'm, 
again, I've seen it at the Benfica stadium. I've seen fans, couples, yep. friends. Um, I've not experienced it myself there. I experienced it in England when Bill and I went to go watch Chelsea Arsenal at Stanford bridge. I was told by a friend there that I can't wear Arsenal gear unless I'm sitting in the away end. So I didn't, I had it underneath my pullover. Um, and I made sure not to make any actions or movements <laughs> to make it seem like I was a <laughs> Arsenal fan. Like um, if he was a, it was a zero, zero drop. But it's, it's just crazy to me because here in the States, we don't have that apart from, right. You have the midnight riders for the revs that sit behind the goal, right? Like an opposing team wouldn't buy tickets there, right? Like you're not going to go sit in the middle of the clock of the revolution or any <laughs> other team here in the States, right. From a soccer perspective. But I agree with Oscar that I don't see it changing, unfortunately, unless the league makes an That's example right. out of the situation and says, listen, like you buy a ticket, you buy a ticket, right? Like deal with it. If you can't, if you can't be grownups and if you want to create a family environment and make the sport entertaining, which is what it's supposed to be. And instead you're having it be, you know, a, uh, a, a an environment of fear of uncertainty that we're like, we're going to keep going down this path and it's not healthy for anyone. What, what, guys, I know Miguel's getting missing the point. I think, what, what, like he's saying, if I had a tattoo, will they make me remove my tattoo? It's not about what you like right. a, a tattoo in your in your skin. It's it's about like you know when a camera goes around the stadium, you're playing at home. If you the whole stadium is red, it's a motivation for the 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 Benfica team. You know how to, the decimo segundo jugador type of thing. Yeah. So obviously, they they want to have a little advantage by not having all the the stadium in red. So they gave a designated area for the red team, for the red supporters, even though everybody else is probably going to be Benfica fans anyways, but they don't want the whole stadium on the on TV to be Benfica like they're playing at home. It, I get that. Maybe it's not about the whole, I want to protect you physically. It's more like I want to protect my, I want to be a home team. A home team is right on that corner and then everybody else is neutral. Yeah, this it. isn't, this isn't just like a Portugal thing. Like you see this across Europe. Like, Correct. Correct. You, the only but place the you see the away fans is in that little section that right. they give allotted tickets to, and that's it. And it's, I mean, it's it's crazy that, like, we're like it's 2022. Like the fact that right. you can't wear. Like, think, like, just just think about Portugal, right? If if they didn't stop that from happening, every single stadium other than Sporting Porto, it would be all red. Every single Benfica game. But that's not anyone else's fault, right? It's not. It's those, not. But, those, but don't you think teams, the home team, the home team, wants to kind of like we're the home? But those team. teams are making money. But, he, but yeah, even no. if, but All even if the about. stadium, but even if the stadium is not red, the fan, even if I'm not wearing a Benfica shirt, like Bill said, shoves. Dude, right? I'm telling you, in shoves that one game, there was the one section. It's, Dude, Red. it's not just that one Everything game. It's probably every time, every shirts. time Benfica goes there, right? Like right. you'll see it this season, right? Like even if they're not wearing Benfica shirts, you could probably be willing to bet that ninety percent of that stadium yeah. are Benfica fans, right? So whether you're wearing a red shirt or you're wearing a plain yeah, shirt, yeah, hundred percent. I totally agree. <laughs> I, to I totally. I mean, I go, I go watch the Miami here and here in uh, in uh, Miami. I guess the Celtics in half the the, the court. Uh, it's it's Celtics legit. Yeah. Every every everybody there is Celtics fans. So like, and they're spread throughout the like. I when I look on Ticketmaster, I look for the cheapest tickets. You know, hey, where's the cheapest? What, what section has the cheapest seats, right? Or the best seats, but like the most affordable. I don't look where's the Celtics fans sitting. I'm looking wherever I'm sitting next to Miami fans. It doesn't matter. But here doesn't that 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 doesn't take into account. But the port, that must be a thing in uh, in uh, in Europe. I have no idea. 
it's it's weird to me um we'll see what comes of it i don't again i agree with oscar i don't think anything's going to change but we'll we'll see we'll see if the league forces um someone's hand and and makes them take action or you know let's get some more um policing and security and make it a safer environment and people then can wear whatever the hell they want and it's not a matter of i'm doing it to protect your safety get that kid uh, a red continue benfica shirt and then uh, seriously <laughs> i offered i offered him two tickets but he, he might have to has, take that off too he has a red pass uh at the study of the loose so he already has so what if um, what if what if you just have a just happen to have a red shirt but it's not a benfica it's just like a, let you I don't know, a red a red and white shirt you still can't get in it, it really depends on who the hell the security person is like if it's, they're a dipshit and want to be a pain in the ass or if they don't care really yeah it's stuff like it, no, it's there really all is no set rule it's just no it's, it's all it's personal it's, preference correct it's the teams it's, correct and it's mostly the teams in that area right and take it with a grain of salt i'm not criticizing anyone but you know from the teams that you hear mostly about it is you know pas Ferreira, um bovista is a big one that constantly fans have, have issues with Riwav is another one i know we've heard about a couple situations with shavs unfortunately um but it's just, it's that north and south thing, right? Like, you know, but again, not surprising because 90% of the teams in the first division are in the north, uh, right? And there's only three or four that are down south. So um, we went a little bit over. We're well into stoppage time here. Um, so we're going to wrap it up. Um, I want to, one, thank everyone that was in the chat. We had some good comments, some good feedback, some good interactions. Um, Oscar's got some notes here. What do we got here? guilty oh, <laughs> oh oh god this is it we have another comment we have a conversation guilty. for another day innocent and guilty is that i can reading? oscar i can tell you one thing that you will a hundred percent be in the minority with this conversation Wait, let, me, 100%. let me take my hands off a hundred no one can read that that's the worst handwriting ever that's worse oh, than i voted for you mike I don't know. Stick a lot piece. <laughs> I can guarantee you'll be in the minority in that conversation. We'll save that one for next week. Um, I want to thank everyone that was in the chat. Um, hopefully everyone enjoyed the videos that Joao sent us and we posted online. There was a lot of uh, interaction with the fans in Turin tonight. We come away with a huge win. I'm going to leave you guys with this thought. Benfica's in first place with six points. We got two games coming up against PSG. P uh, Juve has two games coming up against Maccabi Haifa. I hope it's not the case, but we could come away. Next time we have to play Juventus at home, match day five. We could be even on points against Juventus, um, which makes you sit back and think like we just won the first two games away in Turin. And we have two games coming up that are going to be tough and, and we don't get points not, not, don't forget if we do come after these two games at 6-6 that means PSG is already qualified correct yeah. and, and that means again, and that means and that means PSG play, now yeah. in place Juventus Adjuventurine yeah. who already qualified correct. that's what I was scared of and we got Juve at home and then we like, got to go away Maccabi to Maccabi away. which isn't going to be easy it's going to be a tricky fixture um so no, but we're, we're in a good spot we're better i yeah. think I'm, i think we're better off than what i expected so we'll just uh, we're yeah. better off than we were last year that's for sure so 
We'll just stay optimistic. Let's keep the train rolling. We're, who's driving the Ferrari this time? I don't want to be the one driving. I drove it last year and we fucking crashed and burned. So who wants to? Who wants? To I think Oscar. Oscar should take the lead. Uh, all right, Oscar's riding. Me? I, just said, I said I think he was going to lose three zero today. I know. <laughs> it, 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 Roger Ball. Everything you say seems. Oscar, to just ahead. predict the op- Yeah, just predict the loss, and we're good. Oscar's all, right, all over. I, I predicted one one. I after the first goal, three minutes in, obviously he gets scared. Yeah, Oscar's jumping off the highway immediately as soon as they score a goal. Um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Um, and we will be back potentially tomorrow with the Portuguese podcast, depending on, on timing for everyone. Um, if not, we will be back next Tuesday night, which is our normal schedule time. Today we moved it because of the game. Um, as always, gentlemen, a pleasure to have this conversation. Smiles all around. Let's keep it rolling. Let's make it 13 at the weekend against Maritimo. Have a good evening, everyone. And of course, Viva Benfica. Viva. Thanks, everyone. Viva. Viva.